Well, hello, my name is Derek, and um, just want to say a big welcome to you guys here with us this morning and those who are with us online. So great to have you. Uh, we are in part two of a series called At the Movies, where we are looking at popular movies and how God's truths for our lives intersect with those movies. And before we get started, I just want to, I've got to say this, I, you might have seen the signs when, when you came in, but this movie is very intense and it is not a child-friendly movie. So if you have uh, kids in the room, um, unless you want to have some very adult conversations with them, that it's probably not something that, uh, that you're going to want them to see. So I would say mature middle schoolers and high schoolers would be of a fine age. But if you have young eyes and ears, there are a couple of scenes in here that are going to be very, very disturbing. And the, the content of what we're talking about today as a whole is very disturbing. So you've got about 60 seconds from right now until the next clip comes on. So um, sorry for that. But anyway, today... Um, today we are looking at maybe the best movie that you've never heard of. <laughs> it's, uh, it's called Priceless. And um, it, is, um, it is a fictional story, um, but it is very much based on actual events that have happened and that are happening around our world today. And so just to give you a little background, give you a little storyline before, uh, before we break into the first movie clip that we're going to take a look at. This morning, um, this, uh, there's the main character, his name is James Stevens. And James, interesting character, he's, uh, he's had a, quite a difficult time of his life. And uh, he's actually been married, he lost his wife, she's died. And, um, and then he's had some real anger issues and some, made some pretty poor choices. And as a result of that, he has lost custody of his daughter and he has lost his job. And now he finds himself in a place of desperation where he needs money pretty badly. And so because of that, he agrees to this very shady deal where he says he's going to drive a box truck across the country for cash, no questions asked on either side. And so he embarks on this, uh, this journey in this truck and at one point um, almost gets into an accident, runs off the road. And as he runs off the road, he hears what sound like screams coming from the back of the truck. And so in a panic, he goes back there and manages to break the lock off of the back of the truck, opens up the truck, and discovers two young Mexican women in his truck. That's the cargo that he's hauling. And uh, so he gets to know these women on his journey with them to, to take them to their destination. And what he finds out from them, their names are Antonia and Maria, he finds out that um, their father owes a debt that has to be repaid, and they're going to work as waitresses in the United States. And so he's trying to wrap his mind around, you know, their story, but like they're locked in a truck, and, you know, and he's, he's like, well, I'm going to get to the destination, and we're going to figure this out. And so this next scene you're going to see is actually him getting there and meeting the guys that he's doing this transaction with. So take a look. Can you imagine how James is feeling in that moment? It's awful, right? Like, he's wanting to believe that what these sisters, Antonia and Maria, have shared with him, he's wanting to believe that it's true, that they're going to be waitresses and, you know, they're going to have a job and that's how they're going to pay back this debt. But it's not adding up for him, you know? The truck and, and those guys, and they're getting into a, a van with these, these girls, and it's just not, it's, things aren't connecting, and it's like his gut is screaming at him, something's not right here, something is not right here. But 
It's like his mind can't, he can't wrap his mind around it. You know, it's like he can't believe it's, it's surreal. And he's, he's like in shock. He's in denial about what's happening in that moment. And so he's kind of frozen. He doesn't know what to do. And so in that moment, he just can't accept it. He can't believe what's happening. He can't believe this idea that, that this is actually a sex trafficking operation and he's actually in the middle of it and participating in it. It's an awful feeling. You know, this actually really relates to all of us because I think we've been in this similar place that James finds himself in at the end of that scene. Just like he wants to believe Antonia and Maria's story is going to happen the way they're telling it. We want to believe something too, don't we? See, we want to believe that slavery is something that ended 150 years ago with the end of the Civil War. That's what we want to believe. We don't want to believe what most reputable organizations who are dealing with human trafficking and slavery are telling us that most reputable statistics give an estimate somewhere between 20 and 30 million people who are currently in slavery in the world today. 20 to 30 million people in slavery today. We, we can't wrap our minds around that. The vast majority of those 20 to 30 million people are women and children. And according to most estimates, 80% of those in slavery are being sexually exploited. 80% have a story very similar to Antonia and Maria in this movie. We hear that huge number, you know? We hear the statistics, and maybe you've heard bits and pieces or sound bites of these things. We talk about slavery and human trafficking. But maybe you're like James, and you hear that, but like, and you, you kind of know it at one level, but you can't wrap your mind around it. You can't really believe that this is happening in 2017 in our world today. But the reality is, it is. And today, we're going to push in because we need to. And this next scene is going to be disturbing. I'm just going to warn you, it's going to be disturbing. But it needs to be. Let's roll. What makes this scene so disturbing is because this is happening all over the world, all the time, right now. This is happening right now. 20 to 30 million people being exploited in slavery right now. You say, Derek, this is awful, okay? What's the deal, man? I came last week to Star Wars Rogue One. It was costumes. It was fun. The force be with you. Like, this is twisted, man. Like, what is this? This is crazy. I hate this church. All right, now listen, okay? This is extremely disturbing. But you know what? And you need to hear me on this. We need to be disturbed. We need to be disturbed. You know why? 
Because the only way that we act on things is when we are moved to act on things. And we have got to do something about this. It is deeply disturbing, but we need to be disturbed. We need to be in touch with it. You know, 2,000 years ago, God was disturbed. God looked down on this earth that he'd created and saw all kinds of brokenness and darkness and despair. Saw all sorts of oppression, a lot of which was actually happening in the name of God. And God said, enough's enough. I'm coming down to set the record straight. And that is the core belief of Christianity, that God actually took on human flesh, came to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And yes, Christ came to die for the forgiveness of sins so that through faith in him, we would be made righteous, we would spend eternity with God. But he came to do more than that. He also came to set the record straight. He came to show us how to live, what this world's supposed to look like. When you read the gospel accounts in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you see is a picture of the heart of God. You see how God feels about things in this world and how God responds to them. So when Jesus was just beginning his earthly ministry, he walked into his hometown of Nazareth. He walked into the local synagogue. And during the service, he unrolled the scroll with this prophetic scripture on it of a awaited coming Messiah. And it was from the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And he read this famous prophecy that was recorded by a physician named Luke who wrote one of the gospel accounts in the New Testament. And this is what Luke writes that Jesus read 2,000 years ago in Luke 4, verse 18. Jesus read, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And notice He's telling him what his mission is going to be here. Check this out. For he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. And he rolled up the scroll when he was done and he said, these words have been fulfilled in your hearing. He was saying, I am your awaited Messiah. And in that declaration, he was basically letting us know his priorities. His priorities. The poor. Prisoners. Sight for the blind. Setting the oppressed free. Make no mistake about it. Jesus did not come for the rich and the powerful. Jesus came for the poor and the oppressed. Now, doesn't mean he didn't come for everybody to die for the sins of the world, yes. But Jesus came with a clear priority and you see it when you read the gospel accounts. You see who he was hanging out with, who he was ministering to, and it wasn't the rich and powerful. It was clearly the poor and the oppressed. You see, God is disturbed 
about injustice. God sees 20 to 30 million people in slavery across this world. And God is disturbed. And my friends, there are a few of us who are here this morning or with us online, and uh, we're still figuring out you know, this whole faith thing and who Jesus is, and you're just kind of checking out Christianity. And I'll tell you that, that you're kind of free to do whatever you like. But for the rest of us, for the majority of us who are here or with us online, who've put our faith in Jesus Christ, who are doing our very best to follow him, his priorities are our priorities. His mission is now our mission We are to be about the work that he started and we are to finish. And so we need to be disturbed the same way that Jesus is disturbed around the issue of slavery and human trafficking in this world. Well, back to the movie, James uh, was deeply disturbed. And after he wrapped his mind around what was happening with Antonia and Maria, he basically went on a mission to find them. And in doing so, and kind of scouring this little town, um, he, man, he made a lot of enemies. And he, he eventually, though, he eventually tracked, down, tracked them down and found where they were. And he was able to break into this massage parlor, which was basically masquerading as a brothel. And um, he broke in and he was able to rescue Antonia. And so in the process of all that, he brings Antonia back to a safe place. But then he finds out from Garo, who's the the pimp in the movie, that um, he's got to send Antonia back. Otherwise, James's friend, Dale, who you'll see in this next scene, um, who has basically been working with James and trying to protect him, uh, Garo has now captured uh, James's friend Dale and has tortured him. And he says, you better, we'll do a little exchange. You give me Antonia, I'll give you Dale, and we'll let both of these young ladies live to see another day. And so in this next scene, what we see is um, them coming together to do this exchange of Antonia for Dale. Let's take a look. It takes guts to do something about injustice in our world. And you know why it takes guts? Because doing something about injustice in our world always requires sacrifice. Always. Now, the good news for us, we don't have to actually physically put our lives on the line like Dale and James did in that scene. I'm pretty grateful for that myself. See, we don't have to be on the front lines because the amazing thing about our world today is that there are some incredible organizations that are already there on those front lines fighting this fight. All we have to do is come alongside them in partnership. I want to tell you that Grace Community Church We are huge, hugely invested in issues of slavery and human trafficking, fighting this fight. We partner 
with several organizations that are just world-class. And I want to tell you about three. These are three organizations that we partner with financially and in many other ways as well. But um, I want to tell you about them because you may be moved if you're disturbed enough today, 20 to 30 million people in this world, and you're moved to fight the fight, maybe you'll consider partnering with one of them. So let me give you three. The first one, uh, one of our newest uh, missions partners is called Pink Door Berlin. Um, So this is an organization in Berlin, Germany, and um, it provides, all three of these I'm going to tell you about are Christian organizations, but this one provides a safe house for um, prostitutes in Germany, and and anybody who's basically involved in the whole um, sex exploitation, sex trade. Um, And um, basically, it's a safe place where a woman can come in and can find hope and can find healing, and can find her true identity, and how God made her to be, and, uh, and then from there, um, there's actually, they, they've got a whole plan in place to, to get you um, on the road to self-sufficiency, and to a, a great vocation, and to a, a healthy life, and so it's absolutely a fantastic, wonderful, wonderful organization. I don't know if you know this, but Germany is called the brothel of Europe because uh, it's just such liberal laws when it comes to, uh, to these issues. And so um, it's really at the epicenter of so many things that are happening. So that's Pink Door Berlin. The second one uh, is maybe a little bit more well-known. It's, it's called Compassion International. And many of you know about Compassion because you actually sponsor a child through Compassion. And many of you did that last year when we had a huge Compassion Sunday here at Grace. Um, we also, our elementary, a uh, number of our elementary classes and our youth classes also um, sponsor kids through Compassion International. And we're very involved, particularly down in Guatemala, with Compassion um, and so I just want to let you know, um, so this is the child sponsorship program where you pay every month and basically what you're doing, and this is the incredible vision of compassion. What they're doing is they're working on the preventative side of this issue, okay? So they're trying to reach kids as babies before they're ever getting into, um, you know, slavery and human trafficking and stuff. They're looking at the most vulnerable, impoverished communities in our world today where just Thousands of kids are being exploited because the families are so desperate and they're so vulnerable and there's so much corruption. And Compassion is partnering with local churches and local communities to literally adopt like entire villages and entire towns. And essentially, with that little bit of sponsorship money, you're making sure that kids are well-fed, well-educated, and well-loved and protected. And you're seeing them all the way through, literally, until they have graduated high school and they've had vocational training. And now they're not vulnerable. They're not susceptible. And literally, compassion is changing entire communities through this this longer-term plan. It is absolutely fantastic. So if more on the preventative side is your thing, that's an incredible way to get involved personally and be able to sponsor a child. It's like $38 a month. Um, It's like two cups of Starbucks these days, right? Um, Anyway... Last one is uh, International Justice Mission, uh, more commonly known as IJM. They're based right here in the D.C. area. It's where their international headquarters are. And uh, IJM is the, um, the largest freedom-fighting organization in the world in terms of fighting against slavery and human trafficking. And um, IJM, is, it's pretty cool. Uh, they're, they're, one of the things that they're best known for is actually 
like sting operations where they're, they're going into brothels and they're going into brick-making factories and they're literally rescuing and freeing hundreds of slaves at a time. It's absolutely staggering. That's, that's kind of what they're famous for and the stories are famous for. But they're doing way more than that. They actually then, once, once um, those who've been exploited are, are set free, they work with them to rehabilitate them. But the big value add is then they prosecute the criminals and they work with existing justice systems, which are often corrupt, or police forces, which, which just aren't working right. And, and they, they work to strengthen the systems so that eventually, over time, people won't be able to just do whatever they want and get away with it. And um, IJM is, is absolutely amazing. They, they, have this, um, they have this vision. They just recently talked about uh, their, their um, founder and CEO, Gary Haugen, to actually be able to see the end of human slavery in our lifetime. Isn't that awesome? To see the end of human slavery in our lifetime. So um, those, are, those are three. There's plenty more. But I'll just tell you that those are three that we have done extensive research on. We have vetted ourselves. And we've, you know, we, we go and we visit. We put boots on the ground. We see these programs in operation so that you know you can feel good that these are organizations we can trust and they get results. And so maybe you've got another organization in mind, but here's what I want to challenge you to do. If anything about today's service has disturbed you, anything, I hope it would move you to action. I hope that you would not just take that disturbing whatever image or emotion that you're feeling and just sit with it, but you would do something about it. So maybe one of those organizations we just talked about, Pink Door working you know, with, with getting women safe or compassion starting with kids and on the preventative side of things or IJM on the, on the rescue and prosecution side and the system strengthening side. But find somewhere and make a difference. And maybe you're like, oh, I just, I'm overwhelmed. I can't even think about it and I don't even know. I mean, here's the thing, you guys. Okay, and this isn't about Grace Community Church, but, but like if you're a church-going person, give to a church that is passionate and contributing to this movement, okay? It doesn't have to be Grace. Tons of churches in this area are passionate about this movement. But we don't have to put our lives on the line. But can we, can we sacrifice a little for the sake of people that are enduring what Antonia and Maria were enduring in that movie. So I mentioned Gary Haugen, this uh, founder of IJM. And one of the things that he was saying, he was sharing, they've seen such incredible results in some of the cities that they're working in across this world that for the first time, it's like we're seeing real momentum real momentum against this huge wave of evil and corruption. And for the first time, he said, you know, we really believe that in this lifetime, we could see the end of this. We really, really believe that. And as I think about that, you know what hits me? I think, wow. When I'm on my deathbed, okay, and there's people around me, and I don't know, maybe there's some young people around me, and they're saying, wow, so like, you li- like when you were alive, there were actually people in slavery around the world, and that's so terrible, and I can't even imagine. I say, yeah, it was. It was crazy. It was wild. There were like 20 to 30 million people in slavery, even after slavery was supposedly abolished. 
And then I imagine that they turn to me and they say, so, like, what did you do? Wow, that's, that's insane. People were being exploited that way. That was happening all over the world. Like, what did you do, Derek? What did your church do? And in that moment, I want to be able to say, this is what we did. We did something about it. We sported here, and we did this, and we gave this way, and we adopted Compassion Kids, and we rescued people here, and we partnered here. And we were there on the front lines seeing this thing go down. How about you? Imagine a day when we've conquered this. And someone turns and asks you, wow, so tell me, what was that like? And did you play a part in it? Were you there seeing this get eradicated? What are you going to say in that moment? I hope you'll be able to say you did something awesome and you did something sacrificial. You made a difference. I just believe that especially when you look at Jesus Christ, you look at why he came, you look at his core mission, his priorities, his agenda as followers of Jesus, they have to be ours, you guys. They have to be. We've got to do something. We cannot sit idly by. I got one last clip for you, and um, it's the, the conclusion of the movie. Spoiler alert, okay? Um, it is the final scene of the movie, and it's one year later, and James is on a mission to do something about all this. Let's take a look. And the final word that just glitched out there <laughs> is priceless. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for the powerful, powerful reminder that in your eyes, every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl is completely undoubtedly priceless. God, we see through Jesus what breaks your heart. We know it is those who are oppressed, who are suffering. God, help us, especially those of us who call ourselves your followers, to care about what you care about. Be willing to sacrifice something for those who are the most in need in our world that you are so concerned about. God, we know we are your hands and your feet now, today. And I just pray, God, that you would give us the courage to do something. God, you've moved many of us Show us our next step, God. I pray even right now that you would confirm in people's hearts in this room and those online that you would put on their heart right now a next step, God, that you would have them commit to something right now that they will do 
to be a part of this solution. And we pray, God, that in our lifetime, we would truly see the end of all this. That you would set the captives free. Lord, use us and move in us. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.